My name is Paul Smith from Touch and Education and today I want to talk to you about mortgages but with a difference because I'm normally talking about investment mortgages. So I want to talk to you about 95% mortgages. Can you do even better than that? Is it possible to really actually buy a property with no money? Let's have a look. 95% or better. What I thought I would do today is talk about residential mortgages. But of course, I'm gonna be weaving in the odd bit of investment as well. I wanna stay with the theme of wealth through property. So what do I mean by wealth through property? I mean simply that you buy some property and you become wealthy. And it's far, far easier to buy investment property if you own your own home. So they, they really do go together, you know, hand in glove. So let's get started straight away. Generation rent, what's generation rent all about? Well. This is from the 18th of February, 2020. Generation rent is a term used to describe those adults aged 18 to 40 who've been priced out of the housing market. Really? Well, I know that's what the press says, but is it true and does it have to be that way? Those are my questions, I guess. Unable to buy and having to pay a high percentage of income on rent. In my view, they're not actually unable to buy. They just don't know what they don't know and therefore they believe they can't buy. The weird stuff is, because they don't buy a house, that actually means they pay a lot more money in rent than they would in mortgage. So typically, rule of thumb for most of the UK, out with London. A mortgage is often gonna be around about 40% of the cost of the rent. So, you know, if it's a thousand pound a month rent that you pay in, you would probably only pay about 400 pound a month interest only, that is, on the same property. Can you have an interest only mortgage on your own house? Well, there's a question, isn't there? Well, turns out you can. And there's certain conditions around it. Typically, you can only go up to £200,000. And if you go above that, you can, but you have to have a repayment mechanism. So is it actually the affordability? No, it's not affordability. It's not the fact that they couldn't afford to pay the mortgage. It's they don't know how to get a mortgage. And typically, that's got a lot to do with the deposit. As well as living in an expensive housing market, generation rent now faces financial difficulties from high living costs, student loans, and low wage growth. It's related to the concept of endies, employed with no disposable income. That's an interesting. I've never heard that one before, actually. Endies, employed with no disposable income. But it can't make sense. So they've got just enough to scrape by, but they're not in a position to actually put anything to one side to build up a deposit. Problem with generation rent is mostly related to a broken housing market where house prices were in faster inflation for a number of decades. Well, that's simply not true in my view, but I appreciate other people might have a different view. Okay, so this is interesting. I found this article, um, this is February 2021, so pretty recent in The Guardian, and what they're actually talking about, how to turn generation rent into generation buy. And they were talking about something called blended mortgages. And a newspaper says blended mortgage can work for first time buyers unable to access help to buy or the bank of mum and dad. Anyway, it's an interesting article. So maybe you can Google it and have a look at what they mean by blended mortgage. Because in 2021, February, just in one month, February, let's say you'd built a property portfolio of 10 average houses. Home building and renovating published research from Rightmove that said in just one month, house prices went up, the average house price went up by two and a half thousand pounds. So if you had 10 of them, and you know, I and many other property investors I know have got a lot more than that, then just owning those houses, never mind, you know, the rent or anything else, but just the capital growth in one month, in four weeks, would have been 25,000 pounds. So that's quite nice when you get to that position. So I'm trying to position that as why you would want to do it. Because I'm pretty sure everybody, 
if given the choice, would you rather live in a rented house or a house that you've got a mortgage on? Everyone's gonna say, oh, I'll have the mortgage one, please. But they don't think they can do it. And that's the entire point of this week's Money Matters. So what do most people think? Well, I just went to a website called Money. This is a, a guy, uh, Dan Bass, and he wrote in 23rd of February, 2020, get on the uh, property ladder is much easier if you know what help is available and where to find a mortgage. True. Here's everything you need to know about buying your first home. Not true. You can't, I mean, that's just such sloppy journalism in my view. And then he goes on to say in the article, how to apply for your first mortgage. Save a deposit. This is the amount towards buying your home yourself. Well, you don't have to do that. I'm gonna give you various ways in which I'm gonna to prove to you, you don't have to do that. Look into schemes that help first time buyers. Well, that's a good idea. Make sure you can afford the mortgage. Well, that's a good idea. It's not exactly rocket science so far, is it? Find a property. Really? Find a property? There's a top tip. Decide what kind of mortgage is right for you. Now, that's where most people get stuck. Find a mortgage using our first time buyer comparison table. So he's stating the incredibly obvious, find a property, but he's not stating what kind of mortgage is right for you. He's gonna talk about removals, lorries, and all the rest of it. That is not a complete guide to buying your own home. So my general point is that is what most people think. They think they've got to go and see an IFA. They've got to save up a deposit. They can only buy houses through estate agents. So that's what most people think. Warren Buffett says, to become part of the 1%, you cannot follow the 99%. And I totally, utterly agree with that. Because if you're gonna do what most people do, you're gonna get what most people get. So if you wanna be that 1% that's different, that's wealthy, that's rich, it's got 10 houses, 20 houses, 30 houses, you need to do things that most people don't do. Can you get a 95% mortgage and does it only apply to first time buyers? Uh, so this is which, great website by the way, which 95% mortgage guarantee scheme. So the chancellor announced it in the, the recent budget. Let's keep it really simple. If it was a hundred thousand pound house, if it was worth a hundred thousand pounds, that means you would be required or someone would be required to put down 5,000 pounds. And you're gonna need a few quid for legals, no stamp duty, of course. Okay, wow, when does it start? Well, it's already started. So you can go and get yourself a 95% loan to value, that's what it's called, the loan, the mortgage, as a percentage of the value of the property, 95%. Uh, involves the government guaranteeing 95% mortgages for buyers with just 5% deposit. The scheme was announced in the budget 2021 in March, designed to encourage banks to start offering 95% mortgages again. In terms of the scheme, the government guarantees the proportion of the portion, sorry, of the mortgage over 80%. So with a 95% mortgage, say you went to Barclays or something, Barclays would be responsible for making sure that if anything went wrong, they collected 80% of the mortgage and the government would then guarantee to Barclays, in that case, the 15% difference. But given that if you're not currently owning a property you're renting, the mortgage is probably gonna be like half what your rent is. Very similar to Help to Buy, which ran from 2013 to 2016, apparently, according to which, was used by 105,000 buyers. So that's good, isn't it? 105,000 families have got homes that perhaps wouldn't otherwise have had them. Happy days. Who is eligible? Well, here's where a lot of people think, oh, I didn't know that. So it isn't just first time buyers, it's people that are moving house. Specifically, it has to be your home. It can't be a second home, like, you know, holiday let, like this one is, this is my place in the south of France. And it can't be a buy to let. So it can't be an investment property. It's got to be a home home. You're, uh, your PPR, as it's called, your principal primary residence, where you live, where you're on the electoral register. The scheme will initially run for the 31st of December 2022, although it'll be reviewed before that end date. So 
Well, best part of two, well, year and three quarters, let's say, let's call it. Which banks offer it? Is it just, is it difficult? Well, not really. I mean, major banks, including Barclays, HSBC, Lloyds, NatWest, Santander, and all that lot, have said they're committed to launching 95% deals. So expect to see them coming in over the next weeks and days. And that's it. Under the terms of the scheme, participating lenders need to offer a, a five-year fixed rate mortgage as part of their range. Um, government says this will give uh, borrowers more security. So that's pretty good, isn't it? So that's a 95% mortgage. So potentially, you could take advantage of that scheme. You could sell your property, release some equity, you know, really, without paying any capital gains tax on it because it's your PPR. But then rather than putting a 10, 20, 30% deposit on your next property, you could put just five. And potentially, you could then use the difference between the 5% deposit that you've had to put down and maybe the 25% deposit that you could have put down. And potentially, that might be a little nest egg to start you on the investment route. Now, here's the bigger question. Is it possible to get more than a 95% mortgage? In other words, to get a loan to value in excess of 95%. There is the question. Who would like to know the answer to that? If you're enjoying this, by the way, please like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. I really, really appreciate that. The answer to that is 100% yes. Well, you can get more than 95% Yes, you can. And how come I didn't know that for? Well, I don't know why you didn't know that. I've known it for many, many years. Barack Obama, if you think education's expensive, wait to see how much ignorance costs. So, you know, it's not your fault if you don't know what you don't know. But if you don't know what you don't know, clearly you can't get a mortgage more than 95% because you probably didn't think it was possible. If you want to be powerful, you have to educate yourself. I believe education, 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 knowledge, 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 network, 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 support, 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 action, action, action will take you to the place where you not only theoretically it's possible to go and get more than a 95% mortgage, but you've actually done it. So I'm going to talk about four types of 100% 100% mortgages now, okay? Number one, 100% guarantor mortgages. What's that? Well, I'll tell you in a second. Number two, 100% student mortgages. What? Students can get 100% mortgages? Mm-hmm. Gifted equity. What's that? Gifted equity plus buy, refurbish, remortgage. What the hell is he talking about now? So I'm going to talk about those four types, all of which can get you, the purchaser, a 100% mortgage perhaps even more. I want you to be in addition to hit that start button and start your future right here, right now, using Money Matters. Because after all, money does matter. So what is a guarantor mortgage? Well, a guarantor is just a fancy name for someone that promises to pay if you can't. So yeah, it could be your parents. It could be anyone. It could be, you know, rich Uncle Stanley or a stranger you met in the pub. So it's just someone that's got the wherewithal to pay if you don't. And there are a number of 100% guarantor mortgages. Maximum LTV, loan to value, 100%. I didn't even know you could get 100% mortgages, Paul. Well, most people don't. So, or who else does it? Barclays. What? Barclays do it? Why didn't they tell me? Most often, I would have to say it is some sort of family member. It doesn't have to be. You know, it could be your benevolent boss at work. It could be whoever. Okay, the rates are higher, but they're not insane, are they? Look, 3.39 or 3.65, they're a little bit higher. But anyone that's currently paying rent that moves to one of these, you're almost definitely going to be saving money. So you'll be buying your own home instead of paying a landlord like me to live in it. 
As long as you pay what you're supposed to pay, the guarantor won't have to pay a penny. University mortgages can be a great stepping stone. This is uh, expert mortgage advisor. University mortgages are specifically made for students. It's also possible to get 100% mortgage. However, parents will need to offer security. Well, someone has to offer security. It doesn't have to be your parent. Students are also able to make an income from the property. What? So, and can make flying the nest that little bit easier. They've actually been around for a while. So I just picked two random websites that are talking about them. And I'll show you in a second, but this isn't a piece from The Guardian in 2019. I've actually been talking about 100% student mortgages for years. So anyway, this article, all the way back in October 2019, uh, Abuma Sites is offering 100% mortgages to 18 year olds while at university. Spoiler, you'll need wealthy parents. Would your parents have to have either some cash or some equity in their property? Yes, but I don't think that makes people wealthy necessarily. Let's say a student wants to buy a £120,000 three-bed house in Manchester and he's got parents who live in Brighton with a house valued at £600,000. Rather than demand, I think it's a strong word but emotive, a £30,000 deposit, the Building Society puts a charge of £30,000 on the house in Brighton so if anything goes wrong, they've got a claim, £30,000 against the parent's property, and then they lend the student the entire £120,000. So this person is going to, in this example, is going to University of Manchester, and they've got a three-bedroom house. And what their parents have had to do, they have to put their hands in their pocket. So I'm not sure that counts as being wealthy. They've just got some equity in their property. You know, the value of the house is bigger than the amount of the mortgages on it. So they've got a £30,000 second charge, on the property. The £120,000 mortgage on an interest-only basis will cost the student £500 a month. Okay, so this mortgage must be 5% then. But even still, it doesn't really alter the maths. £100 here or there is irrelevant. The student can now let out two other rooms in the house to a couple of their mates. So instead of paying 500 quid a month for halls of residence or whatever the figure is in Manchester, that student could now receive an income of £1,000 a month from the two other rooms that they've rented out. And they're probably going to want to live with their mates anyway. And it's normal in a student house just to divvy up the bills. It's entirely possible that this student who's bought this house, rather than actually pay £100, £500 a month for the horse residence, actually receives £1,000 a month uh, from the two friends. So the, the actual money coming in is £1,000. That'll cover the mortgage, cover the bills, and a good few nights out as well. So they're effectively living there for free. So it turns out that it's perfectly legitimate for anybody, not just students. You could do this, you could rent out a room in your own house and you could receive an income of £7,500 per annum, completely tax free. But you can add to that the £7,500, so 12.5 plus 7.5 is 20K. So all of that income is gonna be completely tax free. So effectively, they're gonna get a free house, free accommodation. Think what difference that would make to their student loan at the end of their three or four or six year degree course, whatever it is. So let's have a look at these two advisors I talked about here uh, for gifted equity. So one's called Niche Advice and the other's called NSFS. And they've both written articles that I'm sure you can Google them if you want, gifted deposit or gifted equity mortgages, gifting family home or gifting buy to let using gifted equity as the deposit. This is where a lot of people get confused and it's really, really simple. So I wanna give you two practical examples to show you exactly how simple it is. And it doesn't have to be about parents gifting houses or buy to lets. It doesn't have to be about that at all. And normally I would rely on Investopedia. Here, I have to say, I disagree. So Investopedia says gift of equity. What's a gift of equity? A gift of equity involves the sale of a residence to a family member, it doesn't have to be a family member, or someone with whom the seller has a close relationship. 
that's more like it, at a price below the current market value. No, you can't do that. It has to be at a fair open market value. The difference between the actual sales price and the market value is the actual gift of equity. That's not how it works. Most lenders allow the equity to be used as a down payment. Now, normally I'd say you can trust Investopedia, be aware it's an American site. So what they're talking about here is how it would work in the States, not how it actually works in the UK. The gift of equity involves the sale of residence at a price below its current market value. Nope. No physical money changes hands. Nope. Wrong, 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 wrong. Just saying, because quite often I'll recommend go to Investopedia and check it out and see what they say. So I'm actually going to give you some actual examples so you can see how it actually works in the UK. This is right for the US, but it's not right for the UK. So what's your biggest challenge? That's where I want to start with this piece. Is it that you're afraid it's all going to go wrong? Is it money? Because you don't actually need any money. Here's the really good bit of this video. Is it your knowledge? Well, my guess is if you haven't done this before, you might not know how to do it. So hopefully in the next five minutes or so, you will know how to do it. Zero deposit property for your children. So this one we did from between December 2009. We bought that property, number five Wallace Street in a town called Dumbarton up in Scotland for £52,500. And then we sold it to our oldest son, Jack, in June 2010 for £95,000. See, it was valued at £95,000 and we sold it at £95,000. So we didn't sell it at below market value. We sold it at fair market, at open market value, which is not what Investopedia said, is it? So how did those numbers work, Paul? Okay, so this is gifted equity. So Jack is our oldest son and he was born in 1990. So you can see by the time he bought it in June 2010, he was actually 20 years old. So a 20 year old bought a property using zero deposit. Think about that. Now, we as his parents bought that property, it needed everything doing it. It was a two bed, but it needed gutting. Wet rot, dry rot, new bathroom, new kitchen, rewired, new windows, everything. So we just absolutely stripped it back to the bare stone and rebuilt everything within that shell. I say we, the builders did, not us. Now here's the interesting thing. A lovely man called Kevin actually lent us the money. So it wasn't our money. We were using, and then a third party investor. So we bought it for cash, we refurbished it for cash. We sold it to Jack and the mortgage that Jack raised on the property came to us. And then we paid for all the building stuff and repaid Kevin his money with some interest. So this is literally a zero money down deal for us and Jack ended up with a gorgeous, fully refurbished two bedroom flat without using any of his own money. December, 2009, we paid 52 and a half. Now I've lumped everything together into the refurb. So, you know, the, the legals, um, the building work, obviously, everything has gone into there. So the total cost of everything was 18 and a half thousand. So if you put those two numbers together, the all up total cost is 71,000 pounds. The property was then sold to Jack at the Ricks Royal Institute Chart Surveyors valuation, which was £95,000. And that would have been, I don't know, April or May or something of 2010. Jack then got his mortgage. So the purchase price was £95,000. Jack's mortgage was £71,000. Now, the £71,000 was the exact figure we worked out between us that would allow us to repay Kevin, give him his interest, pay for all the building works, you know, all that stuff. So the mortgage was worked out to be the exact cost to the penny of the project. Well, that's not true, to the nearest thousand pounds. So it cost me and Aniko, me and my wife, nothing because we weren't using our money. We bought property and then we sold it to Jack. So what did Jack have to do? Jack had to be earning sufficient 
salary, which he was, he was working in a digital marketing agency in Glasgow at the time. And so he got a mortgage of 71,000 pounds and you can get, you know, whatever, four or five times your salary, whatever it is. So he had to be earning enough money to cover that 71,000 pound mortgage. But the difference between the value of 95 and the mortgage of 71, normally if we'd have flipped it, if we sold it to somebody else, we would have taken a 24,000 uh, pound profit on it, uh, but we didn't do that. We said, well, actually leave that there. So Investopedia saying no money changes hands, totally incorrect. The 71,000 pound mortgage came to us, Jack's parents. So that's 71,000 pounds of money changing hands so far. We then used that 71,000 pounds to repay the, our investor and to pay the builder. So this high, entire concept, Investopedia, of no money changing hands is wrong the way that we did it. We didn't sell it to Jack below market value. He paid, you can see it's recorded at Land Registry, Scottish Land Registry, £95,000, which was the fair open market RICS value at that time. And I hope you find that much easier to understand now I've given you an actual example. So Jack needed zero deposit. We needed zero money. But that's because I'm combining two strategies here. Buy, refurbish and sell with gifted equity. And I hope by now everyone's learned at least one thing. Put in the chat box below what you've learned so far. This was the following year. And there you go again, 31 Charlotte Street. You can go and check it out. We purchased it for £115,000 and we sold it to Becky and Kenny using exactly the same technique for £230,000. Okay, so it's a more expensive one. This one's actually a three bedroom flat. So it's not the whole house, it's the ground floor of what you can see there. In this case, the parents, so me and Annie go, still using Kevin's funds, so none of our money. Um, but my mum and dad chipped in a few quid as well. So in this case, it was a combination of parents using JV money and grandparents using some of their own money that actually funded the purchase. So that was purchased for cash, £115,000 cash. Refurb fees, CGT, what you put CGT for, Paul? Well, we were buying it and selling it at the profit. So as well as the normal fees and everything, me and Aniko had to pay some CGT, some capital gains tax, because we were buying it and selling it again. So we added everything together, uh, and that was £75,000. We then sold it to Becky and Kenny for £235,000. So the deposit was then gifted. To, so the valuation was two thirty, dollars so bigger numbers, but the same principle as the previous project. And Becky uh, and Kenny both working, so they could get the mortgage of £195,000. Um, but the difference between the sale price of two thirty dollars and the deposit that was gifted to them of £35,000, again, and both of these, uh, Becky and Kenny, I can't remember who Jack's was with, Becky and Kenny's was with the Halifax. So the magic words you need, if you want to go and you know, ask, can you do this for your children or your niece, nephew, mum, dad, whoever, is you need to go and ask an IFA about a gifted equity mortgage. They won't be able to give you this structure, but they can go and get your mortgage at the end of it for whoever you're selling it to. So again, Becky and Kenny needed zero deposit. And again, it cost me and Adco zero money. How long have you wanted to be wealthy? I don't know. Well, the time, my friend, is now. How much has not learning how to invest cost you? Just be really honest with yourself. How long have you wanted to be a property investor? A year, two years, five years, 10 years? In February, 2021, bear in mind what I started with this piece. The report said that the average house could have been valued by two and a half thousand pounds. So for every house that you haven't had in capital appreciation alone in one month, you just cost yourself two and a half grand. So if you'd have started doing this like I did 38 years ago, how many properties could you have by now? How many millions of pounds could you be worth? How many villas like this in the south of France could you have? If that's what you wanted. 
because I don't want to inflict my values on you, but how much has not learning how to invest cost you so far? And is today the day that you do something about it? But does it still work, Paul? I mean, you're talking about examples from 10 plus years ago. Yeah, it still works. That is Jude. He's our 12 year old. He's our youngest son. You can see there that he's replacing a, uh, a light, a light fitting. It's actually in his auntie's room. And don't worry, I was supervising him. The power was off. I was telling him exactly what to do. Because I think it's really important that people, well, children learn to do this as early as possible, but people learn to do it in a more broad sense as soon as they possibly can. But does it still work? Yeah. And the Money Matters I released last week covers how this young man has just literally this week finished his first buy to let investment using none of his own money. Because Judy's 12 and he's a bright spark. So do you like his handiwork? That is the light fitting that he put up for his auntie. So in case you're thinking, well, that's ancient history, Paul. It worked for you 10 years ago. It won't work now. Well, it worked last week. It's working now. So I don't know how much more current or up to date I could possibly be. I want to turn to you now as we finish this. What would you do if you weren't afraid? Because there's a very high percentage chance that fear is one of the things that's holding you back from being a property investor and from using gifted equity or 100% student loans or buy refurbishing mortgage to build a massive property portfolio, not only for you, but for your loved ones and your children and your mum and your dad and whoever. What would you do if you weren't afraid? Do you think it's right to be afraid? Fundamentally, is it right to be afraid of the UK property market? Because I don't think it is. I think it's about the safest investment you can make. What's Warren Buffett's advice? The only question is whether you're going to do it today or tomorrow. If you keep saying you're going to do it tomorrow, you'll never do it. You've got to get on it today. So I want to suggest to you strongly that you do this today. Click on the link just below the video and go and buy yourself a ticket to Wealth Through Property. What's that? It's a two-day event, jam-packed with Touch and Education students, the Touch and Education family, going through example, technique, because what I've given you here is like, 2% of what you'd learn on the two days on Wealth Through Property, plus all the networking, plus all the, you know, whatever. But Paul, I've got to pay money for the ticket. Yes, you have, I'm running a business. Hope you enjoyed that. 95% mortgages, 100% mortgages, even better than that, buy refurbished mortgage, no money required. You've been wonderful, I've been Paul. See you next time.